0: Welcome to the Keo's podcast, a series dedicated to bringing you the best claims and legal insight.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first Keo's Credit Hire podcast of 2023. I'm Gary Herring, Head of Credit Hire Strategy at Keo's, and today I'm joined by Gabrielle Robinson and Aidan O'Driscoll, um, who we've both recently welcomed as market insight leads in our client-facing team. So, Coming off the back of what was a tumultuous 2022, I think is fair to say for the credit hour industry generally, um, sort of perfect storm of factors with unprecedented levels of inflation uh, impacting both period and rate, huge pressure on protocols off the back of that inflation and in some quarters at least, I think it's fair to say um, some increases in friction and litigation. So not really going to look back at that today. I mean, we all know what the causes of that inflation and uh, and, and friction was. We've, we've sort of done that to death now in terms of the Causes of that. Um, What we're going to look at today uh, this is the first uh, two part podcast. So, today we're going to do some horizon scanning um, to look really ahead at what might be coming over the next 12 months. Uh, And then, next week, uh, we've got part two with Scott Croft and Kaveh Rashid. uh, And we'll look at some of the strategies and the solutions that might help mitigate any of the emerging risks that we identified today. So, Gabby starting with you so what do you see coming down the tracks over the next 12 months in the in the world of credit hire?
2: Hi Gary um yeah I think for me the thing that's really on my mind is kind of the vehicle mix and the changes that I think we saw last year and intrigued to see how they might continue and what that will do to the landscape for 2023 so probably the main one has got to be EVs right?
1: Yeah absolutely yeah.
2: I believe there is an expected 500,000 new registrations for EVs up and coming in 2023. Um, So that in its own right, I think might bring some challenges um, in terms of BHR probably being a good example. We know fleets probably a bit of an issue from last year. What does that look like? What availability is there? And I think some companies may struggle a little bit to be able to provide them. Um, And also, what does that look like for the GTA? So at the moment, Mm. we don't have any rates. albeit I think discussions are ongoing but yet to be agreed so I think that again will bring sort of some interesting conversations um and I'm sort of quite excited to see where that lands (laughs) um I think also adding into the vehicle mix is motorcycles. So similarly, there's definitely been an increase that we saw in 2022. I think mopeds was 6% increase up in comparison to 2021 and a 36 increase in motorcycles. So overall, I think they're up by 2.5%. And quite similarly, I think when it comes to BHR, um, definitely something when you're looking at bikes and potential of couriers. So will we see an increase in that? Definitely something I'd consider for next this year coming.
1: Yeah, definitely. I suppose it's not just BHR with uh, with EVs anyway. That's quite an interesting um, point around repairs and repair costs. And as the, and I I agree. I think inevitably there's going to be more EVs on the road. Um, Probably yeah, record levels in terms of registrations. I think expected aren't they next year, over the next year. Um, And read somewhere actually that it costs it costs on average about twelve thousand to replace a battery on an EV. Um, and, and they need replacing with a relatively minor impact. So what that's going to do going forward is, is there's more and more on the road to 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 repair inflation. I think it's going to impact repair inflation as well, as well as, as you say, BHR. Um, so, yeah, lots of challenges, I think, going forward in terms of EVs. It's a, it's a really good show.
2: Yeah, and I completely agree with you as well in the repair elements and what that will do in consideration sort of the repair and total loss mix. That very well might impact that, might have a positive or a negative on durations, but overall the repair spend itself will probably increase. So I think, yeah, very interesting time with the EV change, I think.
1: Yeah, agreed. And and like you say on the the Careers as well another is that i suppose that's the an, an impact or lasting um kind of consequence of covid i guess in the in the amount of careers on the road and uh the amount of frequency there do you think gabby that that is a, a lasting impact or do you think that's something that we're seeing now and that may sort of fade over the next year or so as the as the sort of covid um legacy washes through
2: yeah i, I agree i think very much it's sort of a continued on hasn't it since the COVID period um but I think this one might be one to stay um Mm. it hasn't seemed to let up yet and whilst we are in what class is a new normal now um and finally you know started not having to talk so much about COVID impact um I think a lot of people sort of changed their lifestyle what they're doing how much they need to go to work um you know a lot of people still working from home Mm. albeit levels have increased back to a sort of, you know, nearer the 2019 in terms of volumes, what we're seeing, I think there's still been a bit of a change in that vehicle mix and and probably links into a little bit with commercial. So not as much of an increase when we look across with motorcycles and EVs. Um, But I think definitely maybe something to have on the radar as well. Similar, I think, you know, more delivery drivers, more packages being delivered to home. Um, But I think that's probably here to stay.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the 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 ABI, I think, is an interesting one. well, for certainly for EVs, as you as you say, and I agree, um, and also for uh, the the rates generally, because obviously we've got the the temporary increase, haven't we, until July, the seven and a half percent increase, but. Um, with BHRs on the downward trend, which they clearly have been since July, um, and potentially the, the you know the sort of uh, unique inflationary factors that impacted that 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 inflation um, for for a period last year now apparently on the wane, uh, you'd expect the, the 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 sort of levels of BHR to sort of normalise a little bit um, at some point this this year, I would say. Um, so um what impact does that have i guess on the gta um yeah. and, and, and is there going to be f- sort of further discussions about where those rates go uh in july when the when the temporary increase expires
0: there's, yeah, there's certainly know. been a um narrowing of the gap between the gta costs and um the overall levels of bhr and certainly since 2020 late 2021 i think we saw um significant Increases, um, and then obviously the peaks that we've that we've seen in twenty twenty two, sort of Q Q two uh, into Q three, and now as you say, it's beginning to trend downwards. On the EV point, um, the scraping systems that are used in in that in that space, um, that there isn't much availability in the open market for for EVs, um, with with not much. Fleet uptake, certainly from some of the larger entities. Um, but g- going back to that GTA point um, and classifications of the vehicles, obviously EVs have got different power output. And therefore, one of the challenges um, with the classification of the vehicle types within the GTA will be um, whether or not they sit within or can sit within existing categories. Um, because a like-for-like body type of a BMW, for example, three series and an, um, the electric equivalent, the power output will be different in the EV. And therefore there's possibility of classification, either separate classification or trying to stick them in sort of square peg round hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, all parties need to agree on those classifications, <laughs> which oh, yeah. which will be difficult. And, and obviously, the range of vehicles now available—obviously, BMW, Mercedes, Volkswagen—you know, um, Ford—you know, each one has now, or each one is now producing different types of EV vehicle in that category. So similar to standard. BMW classifications, 318, 320, 330, 335, M3, etc. you're now beginning to see that diversification of vehicle. And therefore, what probably was not such a problem in the early days of EV is now becoming a very much, is it a prestige EV? Is it not? Mm. Um, and I think that will become and certainly play an important part Possibly not this year in in terms of rates classifications, because uh, I think that conversation is going to be ongoing. Um, but if you continue to see the growth as as we anticipate, then you're likely to have some clashes around if that vehicle sits in a P5 or a P3 or a P1, um, and it uh, you know and, and unfortunately we, we we don't know where that will end up.
2: Yeah, and I think also it's the overarching cost of these vehicles as well. So sort of, you know, as you were saying, Aidan, whether it's prestige or not prestige, but overall the cost of these vehicles are a lot more as well. So some of the vehicles that might sit in the sort of S4 category, maybe as an example, the sort of high price of those is going to be a lot lower in comparison to an EV vehicle. So I think, you know, the price of EVs are coming down a bit to try and make them more affordable, um, hence why we're probably seeing more on the road. But I think that's quite an interesting factor in it as well, because if your vehicle's worth quite a lot more, does it sit in that category? Mm. And I think that's very much part of the things that, as you say, will need to be ironed out.
1: Yeah, definitely. Lots of uh, I suppose interesting challenges ahead for for EVs on on repairs rates and and a lot of others. I think um, we'll come back to that with uh, with Scott and Scott and 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 see what they can sort of uh, throw up in terms of solutions because there are things you you can do uh, as as a compensator, I guess, to kind of mitigate those risks. But yeah, definitely, I agree. There's, there's a lot of challenges with EVs. Anything else, Aiden? In particular, anything coming down the track? you want to flag up
0: i think obviously we've talked about the down to downward trend in bhr i think how that can be used um is is going to change over time um specifically in and, and how it impacts the overall book of of an insurer um the as gabby pointed out earlier the the sort of vehicle mix will be important but also something that is clearly prevalent will be the age demographic of the third party taking the vehicle, and whether or not they can access a vehicle in the open market. So, whilst they'll have been provided with a credit hire car, is that equivalent vehicle available to them under the terms and conditions of said um, rental provider? Um, there's some there's some space there um, where I think we need to be prudent. Um, and, and and be aware of those ongoing challenges and how that could be tactically deployed by various organizations that uh, that sit on the other side of the fence. Um obviously we're seeing the downward trend of BHR generally, which is which is positive. Mm. I think it's important to um call out that when you factor in the narrowing or the perceived gap that was narrowed between the gta rate and the and the bhr regardless of your status as a gta or non-gta entity you've got the add-on costs and it's how you navigate and mitigate the overall cost of a claim using the excess protection products that are available whether it be the standard excess protection product um presented by said rental company or um like the, one of these one-off um, providers, um, that's certainly ha- how we mitigate going forward will will be important. Um, if levels return to pre-COVID, then that becomes less of an issue. Um, but I think, based on what we're seeing, we'll see some improvement in or increase, excuse me, in the in the difference between a GTA rate and a and the BHR um, rate. But I think. 2023 will will not see that widen significantly and mm. uh, and therefore as a consequence um reduce the opportunity to make significant savings um that perhaps you would have seen pre covid where you know an s one would have been less than 179 pounds um for, for a seven day period so it is it, food for thought mm. downward Trending is positive. Um, we need to continue to see that, uh, but of course seasonality will come into play in 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 the summer, and there's some seasonality in sort of towards the back end of 2023 as well that we'll need to um, to consider as well. But understanding the impact of BHR generally on the overall profile that you have as an insurer is 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 ultimately critical to the success of any defendant uh, strategy. I think
1: absolutely yeah and that and that insight of, of understanding that as you say could be really really valuable really really valuable yeah so um, do you do you see i mean it's, it's really difficult isn't it i guess to predict where bhrs are going to land where everything sort of normalizes i mean we've uh, as you say seen a really sharp drop off since i think july last year was the peak wasn't it and uh, yes. it has it has really, really really flattened out um some groups obviously um, more so than others. Still seeing a lot of inflation against historic levels in certain groups. Um, is is it ever going to go back to sort of pre COVID levels? I, I I suspect not. But it, will it flatten out at some point? And and if so, where where is it going to land? Do we think?
0: I think you'll probably see costs returning to Q four twenty. 21 levels i don't i can't see it returning lower than that i think some of the factors that would be included in that is just the vehicle fleets that the rental companies will have taken on um historically you know some of the bigger entities will have had strong buying power in the market and fleeted with brand new vehicles i think what we're probably seeing is them not having brand new vehicles on fleet because they can't um deliver on the demand and therefore they've gone out and and sourced maybe a a, an older vehicle which perhaps they've not done before and that as a consequence will have add-on costs like Mm -hmm. mots etc where they've net you know they've not had to cost that into their into their proposals or their business models so i I can't see it returning to pre-covid um Mm -hmm. certainly not in the in 2023 or 2024 um I think we'll see that sort of level of Q4 2021. I think will be positive um, as 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 it's you know pre the highs of 2022 in that Q2 Q3 space. So um, anything but anything lower than that, then um, it, it, there's a strong bargaining position across the profiles. Um, but I think it is a sort of suck it and see and 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 see how. The, the rental market generally reacts to um more vehicles being produced and of course you've got the outside influences of things outside of our control ukraine and the and the and the russian issue um which will will be having a knock-on effect in, in in terms of producing vehicles and um so it there's lots lo- lots at stake and lots at um lots in the melting pot really.
1: Yeah, there are so many different factors. I think that the China reopening potentially after the ongoing sort of COVID issues there and the, the continued lockdowns that could help things. Um, I think from the the analyst uh, views I've read, uh, I think the semiconductor issues are coming to an end now, and that that's certainly starting to an ease. So, um, but there's a lot in the mix, and I suppose there's a lot of variables. Um, will demand drop off as well? I think demand for rental vehicles is obviously we're going through the cost of living crisis potentially is going to get worse there could be a demand drop off there which again impacts the the retail higher rates that kind of brings us neatly to another point i suppose in terms of horizon scanning and what we're going to see this year do we think uh, it's potentially inevitable that we're going to see increases in in pecuniosity frequency isn't i would have thought um, with incomes being squeezed we've got a cost of living crisis uh, there's probably a delayed impact of that in that in april the 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 energy price cap goes up again we've got tax rises coming in in april got a delayed impact potentially from interest rate rises most people still be on fixes at the moment but every day that goes by then you know people are having to remortgage and, and get a shock when that's uh, when that's gone up so and then obviously there's a delayed impact again from that point to when um uh, claims from that time are, are, are seen in terms of sort of claims of impecuniosity down the track in, in, in credit hire so there's going to be more impecunious people aren't there, I would have thought
2: I would think so Gary um and I you know I think it's really positive that say the bhr seems to be going and heading in the right direction but there is also that element where are we going to see that increase in impecuniosity I think so um but ultimately it still has to be proven so I think there's a bit of an element of that as well <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. yeah.
0: It's, a, it's an interesting it's an interesting one the financial status of the claimant generally um I th- you would think with a softening of the a, a softening of the BHR market but a hardening of the financial challenges of 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 the claimants that That impecuniosity argument will occur more often. Um, The challenge, I think, is the maturity of claims. So Mm. it's very much a, a, a it's you know it's front and center. It's a it's you know it's in the news daily. We are talking about you know people making cuts, cutting cutting back on household expenses where they can. Um. I suppose the difficulty is the knock-on effect of how long will the claim take to be resolved and importantly how long will it be until that argument over financial status is actually heard Mm. because if you think about the court process generally over the past two or three years the time, time to issue has been a challenge for for many chos the time it's in the process is not speeding up um and the the actual hearing that does take place is often 12 18 months down the line um so engagement in the process might actually become a factor mm. for some of the larger entities uh, in the market just in terms of keeping that customer warm um, and, and getting them engaged in that court process, because ultimately the, the paperwork's got to be signed. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, how comfortable are you as a layperson supplying your financial disclosure to said person? If you were savvy enough, perhaps you'd Google what what the term means and identify whether or not you'd want to disclose that financial status mm. um i've certainly been through a credit hire claim myself and because i work in the industry you know you do you want to disclose all that information how much is too much and and you know it puts the the individual at the end of the day at, at risk um mm. you know in, in terms of having their sort of to a certain extent, dirty laundry washed in uh, in in a in a court hearing. Yeah,
1: it's an interesting one, um, and yeah, it is very different between being impecunious and 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 proving it. And I suppose, um, when does that? Uh, clearly, as you say, Aidan, it's not going to be desirable for for CHO to necessarily want to delve into the the, the finances of a customer. But then again, if we've got a, an environment, I suppose, where BHR is going down, but then, um, you know, there's more people who are potentially pecunious, so I suppose that becomes more and more attractive, doesn't it? Mm. OK, thanks both. Um, really good insights there. Um, I think that's about all we've got time for for today. Um, so, as I say, we'll be back next week with Carvey Rashid and Scott Croft honing in on some strategy and some solutions following on from the topics that we just discussed. Um, so, hope you can join us for that. Till then, thanks very much for listening. Speak soon.